Good morning, afternoon, evening, and so on and so forth. Welcome to the Right on Track podcast, where we talk about everything Thomas the Tank Engine and friends. This is episode 44, and today we are joined by the usual cohort. There's myself, Tom Parry, and we've also got Tom Denham alongside us. Hello, Tom. G'day, how's it going? Not too bad. I, I, I call you Tom then instead of Denham. This is, what's happening with me? I don't know, the world's gone topsy-turvy. <laughs> it it's has. easy for you two, you can call each other Tom, but I, I need to differentiate. Oh, and, and that is the voice of Connor Jonas you are hearing there, our third voice of the Right on Track podcast. Hello to you, Connor. Hello, hello. You going a good day today, Parry? Yeah, 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 it's a pretty good day for me, but it's an even better day for all of us because we've got another special guest here on the podcast. It is none other than Aaron, a.k.a. Tram Engine Studios. Hello, Aaron. Welcome to Right on Track. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm really, really excited. <laughs> <laughs> We're excited to have you. Yeah. Yes, indeed we are. And on today's episode of the podcast, well, Connor, I'm going to let you do it. What are we going to talk about today? Oh, thank you very much. Well, today we're talking about three wonderful Series 6 episodes. First one is A Bad Day for Harold the Helicopter. Then you've got Elizabeth the Vintage Lorry or Elizabeth the Quarry Truck in US releases. And finally, we're going to end off with The Fogman, which is a fan favourite episode and one that I feel we've all got plenty to talk about. Oh, I hope so. Oh, I have. Oh. (laughs) It's going to be good. But before we get to that, Aaron. Hello. We've got something we need to get out of the way. (gasps) We do. We have got something to get out of the way. Can you please say the funny joke? Right. I showed my friend your Thomas the Tone Channel. <laughs> oh, he said it. That's it's too sad. Every time. I, I, I feel for context for those who aren't in on the joke like me. This is a little joke that they've got going. And it's just persistent. And I don't know when it shall end. You will find out in due course. We will have a future guest on the podcast this season will be able to clarify all means to end. I'm building a story arc here. You'll see yeah, what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, we are. Story so I'm building a story Yeah, I don't know. In all seriousness, um, Aaron, uh, you run an amazing YouTube channel under the name... Oh, thank you. Uh, my, my pleasure. You run an amazing channel under the name Tram Engine Studios. Tell us about it. Like, where did it start? Where did your love of Thomas start? Um, it started when it was literally when I came out of the womb. <laughs> um, I I I had a VHS tape that my brother, like my my older brother, had, and it was of a season five VHS. And I never really, I always ignored it. I never really picked it up. Instead, I'd rather watch something like Teletubbies. Um, and then one day I was sat just watching TV casually, and it was on. It was it was on the TV. I can't remember what episode, but it was on the TV, and I was just glued to the screen. And I remember getting the Fogman DVD, and as my first ever DVD, and that's in my head the first time I ever sat down and watched the Thomas episode properly. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so we we tapped into a little bit like how you exemplify your love. Thomas nowadays, but what kind of content do you put on your YouTube channel or your Thomas the Tank channel? Well, um, well, Mr. Tom Denham, um, I, 
I do a mixture of original stories. Uh, there's a couple on there that are about like the buried truck. Um, great guy, by the way. Uh, I do scene remakes. I do. There's a music videos. Um, it's just a general kind of just Thomas channel where there's like narrations on there, but it's mainly filled with like full long, like full lengthy content. Um, but. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun to make, and I have a lot of fun doing it. Sometimes really stressful, but I I it's the end product is just amazing. Mm. And they're very entertaining. And uh, for those of you that haven't seen Aaron's stuff before, Tremor Engine Studios, I wholly recommend that you watch it. It is amazing. He's got fantastic face editing as well. So all the engines, their eyes move. They've got different facial expressions, but it's still keeping the model series aesthetic. As well as the, it, it, it it's toys, it's wooden railway, it's a little pull along, push along, whatever brand it is, adventures, it's it's adventures, yeah, though, yeah, yeah, it's it, it it's wholesome, and I love watching it, so I recommend that you guys will, uh, will as well, but. Of course, while you still may have a good day listening to the Ryan Track podcast and looking at Tram Engine Studios' Thomas the Tank Engine channel, sometimes it is a bad day for some people. And we are now going to learn about the bad day for Harold the Helicopter. Harold the Helicopter loves flying. Up in the bright blue sky, over the island of Sodor, he looks out for anyone in distress. Sometimes he delivers the mail. This makes Percy very cross. The mail run is done. Is there any more? I can deliver it for you in a jiff. That's what friends are for. Delivering the mail is an engine's job, said Percy grumpily. So that was a clip you just heard there from the television story A Bad Day for Harold the Helicopter. And Connie, you were lying slightly because it's not really a bad day in that clip that doesn't come for you know a good I, couple of I, 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 true there the, the story is a bad day for harold the helicopter or later shortened to a bad day for harold because the helicopter was just of course um the stu- no yeah, you don't really need to emphasize that helicopter it, well, do you? because the, there's only one harold on the island of soda yeah true true yeah. and like harold the helicopter i feel works better as like a <laughs> but a what? Alliteration. The a what is great alliteration. A bottle. But uh, the story was originally by David Mitten, but it was written by uh, Simon Nicholson. And it was the only episode actually written by Simon Nicholson until Series 10, A Smooth Ride. I feel that's a real shame. So he contributed... He contributed just one TV four. story over the course mm. of... However, uh, I feel that this story seasons. is really well made i i don't know why he didn't write other stories up until series 10 but it is such a good story so denim would you mind giving us a little transcription about the events of the story yes connor (laughs) so basically what happens in the story um percy's feeling quite put off by the fact that uh, Harold the helicopter is championing him in the game for delivering the mail. 
and it comes to a day where Percy is pulling the mail along um, the line and a faulty signal stops him in his tracks and it's Howard the helicopter who comes to the rescue. But once he picks up all the mailbags, trouble soon chases after Howard the helicopter. Mm. And, and that trouble being the aforementioned bad day. Now, there, there are a few things mm. about this story. It is a very much a continuation of not only the Thomas Percy and the Post Train arc from Series 3, where Harold's talking about taking the mail, or the Series 2 Percy and the Harold banter, but it's also a great continuation of Harold's mm-hmm. character because this is the first time that we actually see Harold have a character flaw. Hmm, yeah. Actually, yeah, no, we always... see it in um, Thomas Percy in the Post Train when uh, he's being grounded. Can't fly due to high winds. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not as much of a focus, though. Mm, and It's more... Yeah, it, no, exactly right, Aaron. And in Thomas Percy in the mail train, he isn't the reason why he's grounded. He can't change the wind. It, it's certainly something that foils him, but it isn't a result of this action. In this story, when Percy stopped and Sir Topham Hatt brings uh, Harold over to collect the mail, uh, Harold's pilot goes, you know, We'll, we'll need to take a few trips. And Harold's like, nah, I'll be too slow if I take multiple trips. I'll take them all at once. And it's the heavy bags which pull him down by the tree and crashing his face first into a haystack. The direct quote, Connor, is, well, Harold's pilot said, we might have to take these bags like a few at a time. They're very he- heavy. And then Harold goes, I'd have to make too many trips. Then I'd be as slow as Percy. <laughs> Exactly. It's very apt. Yes. That, bra- bravo, bravo. Thank you. Um, but of, of course, the this is the first time I feel that we've really seen Harold explicitly do something and due to reasons in his control, mm. an accident has occurred. Every other time that he's been foiled... It's been him waiting for a place to land. He can't take off due to high winds. Things that he can't yeah. choose. His hubris is his undoing on this occasion. Exactly. And I adore that about this story. But th- there are a few other interesting things about it. Uh, mm. This is the first time where at the very start of the episode, it talks about Harold and then... You know, have a little discussion with Percy. And it talks about how Percy's got multiple jobs, but his favourite job is the post train. Mm. And whilst in a few times in the show we've seen Percy pulling the mail train before, this is the first time it's been described as his favourite. And this is the the seed where Percy's favourite job being the post train came from. And it's now synonymous with his character, especially in the later CGI series. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's very much an important footnote in history. Mm. It, it is, and it happens a fair few times over these next few episodes. Of course, I'll touch them when we get to them. But Series 6 has got 
a lot of firsts in it about the characters, which will later be used over and over. But I I have got some some horrible news. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, Connor, Connor, don't ruin this for me. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I'm not going to ruin the episode. Stop, no! I'm not don't going to ruin guy. the episode. So, when Harold crashes, he crashes cab first into a haystack. Mm-hmm. And, and Percy goes up to him and asks if Harold is alright. Mm-hmm. And Harold then avoids the question and says, just get me pulled out of here. Obviously, Harold was okay enough because he returned to service the next day. However... Well, was it the next day? Yes, it does. That was miraculous. I didn't know you could repair a helicopter in 24 hours. You can on the island of Sodor. Yeah, on the island of Sodor, it only takes five hours to get a a train practically back to how it was. (laughs) They've got 10,000 men lined up ready to fix him. All underpaid workers. They probably sabotage the engines and the vehicles deliberately just so they can get to work. No, that's fair. That's fair. But... That's the reason why there are so many accidents. Because oh. what's happened is that there are so many people on Sodor, but not enough jobs. Both of them are like, hey, we all've got some kind of mechanical training. Let's sabotage all the engines and rolling stock so that there's a continual job for us. I I think we've Boom. uncovered a conspiracy here. You heard it here first. <laughs> The bad news the is track had a conspiracy. the show doesn't say luckily no one was hurt. Oh, yes. And, th- and that's one of the frequent quips of <laughs> Series 6, mind you. Like, it's... Hold on. Let me think here. So phrases such as luckily no one was hurt, then there was trouble, uh, it was too late. And of course, it, confusion and delay. Yeah, confusion and delay. If you hear any of those phrases during... Series six, and you know, you, you've basically got Thomas the Tank Engine narration bingo, is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, series six very much does have a lot of a formula to it. <laughs> yeah, more like a template, really. But you know, could say that again. <laughs> series six yeah. has very much got a formula to it, and I didn't mean literally. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but but no, it, it's true because. But when we're asked to explain the episode, we go, Percy and Harold are arguing about, are bantering about taking the post. Percy is delayed. Harold takes it. Harold crashes. The end. Everyone is happy. Mm -hmm. It's very short and formulaic. Salty works at a quarry, is sad. Now he works at the docks. Harvey is bullied by engines. He saves Percy. He was Percy he rescued, by the way, Parry. You know, yes, since you yes, were wondering yes, last yes, episode. I'm glad you remember Connor. And then everyone loves him. It, it, series 6 is very formulaic. And I'm not saying it's bad, but it's a great difference from from the earlier series 1, 2, to 4, to 5, where you would have multiple character interactions happening with multiple different engines mm. all accumulating into one big story. Yes. Hmm. It kind of like it, it. kind of like takes a step back, it, it, in a way, mm. and I, and I, and I think that's something that I especially adore within this episode is that it only really focuses on two characters. Obviously, there's one or like one or two that are in the background and mm. say a couple of things, but it's just there's something about this episode that really 
I don't know what's the it, right way in saying this, but it's just, it's because of how simple it is, it's what makes it this great episode. Because it goes back, it's kind of, let's focus on one or two characters. Let's just have a bit of fun with them. And they did that. Mm. It's very much a slice of life episode. Yeah. Yes. It's not, it's, it's not over the top. There's not like, you know, obviously there is a crash, but it's not over the top. It's simple, yeah, I'd say, rather comedic. Because I remember when I first saw it, I was literally crying with laughter. I was like, haha, he's fallen. And the image <laughs> of just his tail and landing fins on, like, just sticking out the top of a haystack? It's, it's, it's perfect. Uh, like, I can picture that at any point because mm. it is so slapstick. It's a very enduring image, isn't it? It's probably, aside from the earlier seasons and episodes, it's probably one of the most iconic moments of the program and it's the only time that we see harold endure a crash like this as well yes very true every other time he has had some kind of issue and also it's not the only time we've seen a vehicle stuck in a haystack <laughs> that's course, true yes earlier we saw tiger moth uh season back Yes. Uh, get stuck in a haystack. And Percy. Yeah, and Percy technically did get stuck in a haystack. I yeah, also, I was... the, the haystack got stuck on him. Yes. So, uh, are, are haystacks just the go-to accident for a soft landing? It would seem so. That's or um, <laughs> bags of flour. Bags of flour, of course. Did you put all these here for me? <laughs> no, no. You must have no. known I was coming. Now, oh. uh, th- this episode does do one other thing, and mm-hmm. I-, I didn't notice it on first watching, but uh, throughout the episode, Harold goes, oh, you know, I'll-, I'll-, I'll take the mail. That's what friends are for. And then there's a really nice bit at the end of the episode when all the engines are bantering with Harold. He's returned to service, but then... Harold hovers very close to Percy and whispers, you know, that thank you for rescuing me, you know, and pulling me out of the haystack. Because it, it, it's all right. That's what friends are for. Mm. And and that ending, you know, d- despite the, the comedic, but luckily no one was hurt, not being avoided accident, despite mm. being quite formulaic, that ending is so wholesome and pure. And... Mm. The way that they really took advantage of Harold being able to move in three dimensions to get him to slowly move up to Percy and actually make it look like he's whispering something to Percy. It's... I could just imagine that, like, the lower he he goes, like, more people are just being blown away by (laughs) his whispers. I was about to say, if this happened in real life, the train will probably be tilting to one side and, you know, at risk of derailing. And like, I mean, he's a helicopter. So you can imagine he's going to be, thank you, Percy. And you're just hearing, from the blades above. Just sort of being pushed to the side by the wind. I mean, it's a very touching moment at the end of the story there, but I think... The issue for me is it's not really established throughout the story that they have a proper friendship. It's sort of hinted at by Harold and Percy's like, no, we're not friends, and it just moves on. So, yeah, I think if they spent... Obviously, it's difficult to do in a a four-and-a-half-minute story, but if they spent 
a little bit of time just trying to establish Percy and Harold's relationship and, and their friendship that way, I think maybe that ending, it would have been more earned, for want of a better phrase. Yeah, but surely... But surely... Like, surely if you'd want to know more about Percy and Harold's, like, friendship, you would be like... Because, you know, as a kid, I was very curious. Surely is from, like, from like from, like, a kid perspective of watching the episode, surely you'd want to see, oh, I want to see more of Percy and Harold, and then, you know, you'd want to see Percy and Harold once Percy and the mail train off the post. Like, you know, it'd be kind of more of a curiosity thing, because it's already established that they're they're friends. It doesn't... Well... I think the more... I think the more you say it within an episode, the more it gets a bit like, right, we get it, they're friends. I'm not sure that they are. <laughs> Do you not think so? Because I think they no, are. No, no, I, I say that they are now, but Percy and Harold starts with them arguing, then they have a I'm race. Start an argument. And Percy sings a little jolly song and they don't talk with Harold. Of course, when Percy has a flound, Harold does come to his rescue and he's like, yeah, thanks for rescuing me. But it's sort of, I feel like, not a friendship, but a mutual respect Mm. for each other. And and it's only in this episode when Percy, who's very protective of, you know, taking the post and having the threat from Harold, he, he, in every previous occasion when that has occurred, he has got some kind of resentment towards Harold. Thomas Percy yeah. in the post train. You know, he, he's worried, he's angry, but when mm. Harold is grounded, he laughs. It, it, it's during these moments that I feel this episode is when he goes, you know what? Mm. We are friends. I, I, I feel that's what this episode more so is, but I can definitely agree that it should have been executed better if that okay. is what they I have to say, though, there are some nice mm. little touches throughout the story as well. Like, for example, the railway men trying to fix a signalman, like there's one up there with a hammer, and then, you know, within a matter of seconds, there's a whole group of them <laughs> crowding around the bottom there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, it's um, very the realistic. The other thing I like is when you sort of hear Harold's engine beginning to stall. All the human characters look up and just to say, "What on earth is that?" Yes. There's no narration there as well, which makes it really yeah, yeah, lovely. Mm. No narration. I think it really helps kind of build up that tension of, "Uh oh, something's going to happen." Mm, absolutely. So there's like narration. I think it would if they had narration there. I think it definitely would have ruined the kind of mm. like. The tension they wanted to create. It's a show, not tell situation. And yes. Yeah. One other thing that is only just occurring to me now: this episode has got a surprising amount of emphasis on human characters. It does. Yes. We we we've got, of course, Percy's driver and fireman. Mm-hmm. You've got Harold's pilot and co-pilot. You've got the signalman. You've got the mechanics. Who doesn't do anything wrong on this occasion? No. <laughs> no. If he, like the signalman was just doing his job, if anything, he could have maybe given a better estimate of how long it might have taken to be fixed. But mm. you know, it wasn't him fixing; it was the mechanic. And you saw them; there was twenty of them struggling with it. It was an <laughs> epidemic, a real struggle. The signalman was having a very bad day. Yeah, he was having a very bad morning. Oh no! He was having a very bad morning. Oh no! Oh, no. Uh, overall. 
this episode's weird for me because there are some parts that it does really well, such as that ending scene, such as the having a really well-driven story, having a scene with no narration have such feeling to it. But at the same time, it's it, it's weird at times because they could have had a lot better writing. Uh, explaining the relationship between Percy and Harold. They probably could have dressed up a few of the sets a lot more, because the set near the signal box looks very bare, but at the same time, it needs to be bare enough for Harold to land there? Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah, because if it's too crowded, you know, they'd probably have it like, oh, what, if he hit something, it was probably a lot of what Mm, if. They knew he was coming. (laughs) They cleared the spot for him. (laughs) They they cleared the entire paddock. Quick, he's coming! Everyone run! (laughs) No! So, uh, it's a weird episode. So, I, I... Shall we just move on to rankings? Uh, we may as well. Um, Aaron, you're our special guest. Let's start with you. And you're, you're obviously a big champion of this story. So what would you rate it out of 10? Oh, I mean, very, very easily an A. I just... Okay. I love it. Hmm. Oh, okay. And I, I'm... I, I, I do enjoy it as well, but I feel that there's so much room for improvement in it as well. So I'm afraid I'm going to have to rank it only a six out of ten, oh, Connor, which isn't think... bad. I don't think it's, we're friends it's... anymore, Connor. <laughs> we were friends, Parry. Were we, Parry? <laughs> quick, I, 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 I'm not going to be the arbiter of this discussion. No, Parry, oh, quick, oh, oh. just give a ranking. <laughs> okay, right, right. Um, I will echo everything that's been said already, uh, but I'm going to do something very rare here. I'm going to add an extra half a point onto my score and give it six point five. Oh, why, why the half point? I don't know because I think in talking with you, Aaron, and hearing you, you know, give all your praise for it, it made me appreciate it more. I was originally going to give it six, but then I thought, no, it's got a fair bit going for it, so at six point five. See, I can make a change. I'm yes, be, be the change in the world. You yeah, want to be. I can be the change. And that just leaves Denim with his score. Seven. <gasps> seven? Yeah. Why seven, Denim? Oh, seven is my gateway to heaven. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, Denim, stop. You're making me feel things. I know. I'm feeling confused. <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next episode we're going to cover is... Elizabeth the Vintage Lorry, or Elizabeth the Quarry Truck in US releases, uh, was written by Paul Larson. And Elizabeth has had to sort of come to the rescue of a little tank engine. What kind of surprise is that? Thomas wondered. Thomas, meet Elizabeth, said his driver. At last the doors opened and out chuffed a dirty, grimy steam lorry. So, you're the little puffer that's broken down, she sniffed. Thomas was cross. And you're just an old sentinel lorry, he retorted. That would be vintage sentinel lorry, snapped Elizabeth. And I haven't much time to get your coupling rods. One of the 
the gifts that keeps on giving in series six is that we have this multiplicity of characters that are being introduced this season and Elizabeth is one of them. And what I like is that um, it, it, it feels like by and large, most new characters within this series are pretty happy-go-lucky, but I do like that um, Elizabeth mm. has a bit of a sharp tongue about her, which we see here. Yeah, her her character to me is really interesting, like because it's practically basically what Denim said, in terms of it's so nice to have someone who is this sort of angry, feisty like kind of oh suppose i've got to do this then kind of mm. character and it was just it was such a nice change in such a simple story it kind of harkens back to caroline a bit yeah it does what what i really like especially about the clip here is that this is like the second time that a character has been referred to by basis cuz thomas says to elizabeth you're just an old sentinel, Laurie. And, and that is what she is. Elizabeth is a sentinel DG4 steam lorry. Ooh. Built 1926 with a top speed of 40 miles per hour or 65, uh, 64 kilometers per hour. At a time, petrol cars were struggling to reach that speed. Ooh. So she she was, when built, a admirable, extraordinary lorry. Uh, and she's obviously seen bad times, though, because she, she is locked up in her shed and Thomas is going by pulling a special, which is an ambiguous consist that is now to be used whenever an engine has an important job. Mm. Or, or just like a mixed goods train. No, it's a special. Okay, It's important. It's needed by the docks. <laughs> it's, you know... <laughs> a special Special, special, special and, and, and of course Thomas has broken his coupling rods Edward style Yes But by straining too hard However he has He's a tank engine So he's got like again coupling rods on the other side And it, it hasn't really flown up into him It's just sort of dropped off But but yes mm. he, he has broken his coupling rods Edward goes to try and fix it and she's grinding she's old she's sorry, broken so, sorry I, i'm just gonna stop you there connor you said edward and not elizabeth edward. god damn it we were having this same problem last time weren't we we were confusing harvey with salty yes and yes and we henry were. And <laughs> harvey salty percy henry cranky and elizabethy it oh very confusing stories <laughs> okay okay elizabethy I, before you guys make fun of me, though, I I, I would like to point out <laughs> that Thomas is broken down. His driver sees an old shed, and he seems all too open to be trespassing, breaking, and entering to use a telephone in an old broken down shed. Why well, he thinks there's a telephone in an old broken down shed is beyond our logic, but anyway, yeah. You never know. I mean, this is so dull. You don't know what's going to be in that shed. Fair, fair. <laughs> and, and, and what so happens is when they go inside, do you mind I'm trying to sleep? They go in, and now it's time to add Grand Theft Auto to the charges because he's found an old steam lorry <laughs> and he's going to take her off down the street to San Andreas. Like, I mean, <sighs> it's... Have you even played GTA? I yeah. Actually. I follow all Which the traffic one? rules. I, I, I follow the speed limit. 
San Andreas is great. Grand Theft Auto V is mostly online multiplayer at this point. But this is not a gaming yeah. show. This is a train show. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm just saying... Look at the funny talking train. Yeah, look at the funny talking train. Look at the funny minion. Thomas's <laughs> driver is all too open to these criminal charges. Well, well, hold on. He's got two alternatives here. He, it's one, don't get the special to the docks. Or two, you know, commit robbery, a felony. And, you know, if you had a choice between the two, I think most people on Sodor would happily, you know, commit felonies. Yes, that is the issue. To be fair, though, on Sodor, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they go back home, the wife's like, right, what What have you done today, Steve? And he goes, oh, I robbed a lorry. Oh. <laughs> it's a much more better story. It's a much more better story than going, oh, I just took a special yeah. to the docks. Nothing special. You know, it, it gives some excitement, you know, when, when he's at home. It's great. That's the further thing. All the engineers that they're sabotaging the engines, that way they get, you know, stay in the job. But the drivers themselves are committing charges and criminal offences. It's a great idea to take down the horrible fat hat conspiracy. <laughs> the men that seems to be in charge of everything on the island from Toppen's mm. Circus to Toppen's Coal mm. it, I'm telling you there, there's something happening here behind the scenes that we don't know of yet mm. we, but, we've gone few, we've gone full we, QAnon in this episode haven't we <laughs> I think we strayed a bit okay. far from the story <laughs> okay yeah. um, so after Elizabeth returns uh, coupling Rod to Thomas uh, side note though, uh, Thomas says Elizabeth is an old sentinel, Laurie. Elizabeth is younger than Thomas. Is that so? Elizabeth built 1926, Thomas built 1911. Well, here we go. It, it, it's like a similar situation with James because he's technically older than Henry, Gordon, and Edward, and yet he's treated like the young, hip flash one. Thomas. Tom Thomas was about to go to train college before Elizabeth uh, before um, Elizabeth was born <laughs> to join the Sodor squad. So <laughs> yeah, so uh, they 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 head off uh, back to the docks, ready to deliver their special special. They get there, they explain why they were you know just running late to Sir Topham, and Thomas was about to mention how rude Elizabeth was when Elizabeth turns up, <laughs> and and scoffs at the fact that you're going, oh it's you have you learned how to drive yet drive properly yet properly properly well just drive full stop um she's such a savage because yeah elizabeth has got this wonderful almost grandma tendency that has got you know no no bollocks no, no strings attached I say it how it is. Mm. I'm a plain speaking quarry truck. Mm. And I believe in plain speaking. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But, just to everyone's amazement, and ex machina, Elizabeth was Sir Topham's first lorry which he ever owned. And, and he restores her and everyone's happy. Mm. Despite the fact that she was rude to him. <laughs> Yeah, but like, I mean, sentimentality, probably. Mm. However, he locked her in a shed for about 20, 30 years, so. 
Mm. Not so sure if there's much love there. Yeah, I, I think mm. it would be interesting. Well, obviously, it's a moot point at this point, but it, it would be great if um, the Thomas and Friends series now could perhaps go back and, you know, show the history of Elizabeth and, you know, how the Fat Controller came to find her and etc. etc. But no, it's all. All engines go now, so yeah. Uh, hey, but we love maybe that, sometime we, in the future. Oh yeah, yeah, we absolutely love all engines. We, we love no, 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 we're not talking about that. No, 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 no. <laughs> listen, listen, they've got boobs. This is the Thomas and Friends, <laughs> Thomas and Friends podcast, not All Engines Go podcast. Well, okay? technically, we discuss it's... the licensing rights when we get to that. Listen, excuse me, Mister Connor Jonas. I'll have you know, it's Thomas and Friends all engines. I'll have you know it's Thomas and Friends all engines go. I'll, I'll have you know, okay? Oh, you'll have me... Well, I'll have you know that this episode I'm about to ruin. Why? I feel this episode has committed a crime. Not just the main crimes by the driver. <laughs> but... Elizabeth somehow got herself to the docks. And I believe this is the first case where we've seen an engine, road or rail, move their own free will without a driver or fireman or some human in control. That is a good point, actually. I mean, who drove her to the docks? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we can't see if there's anyone in there. It's very likely. Connor, what if it was, you know, what if some kids came along and said, all right, we'll send you off if you want, because Elizabeth wants to go to the docks. So these kids, you know, put put a turner on, and they say go, and then they, and then they just let her go, and they just put cruise control on. This further proves my point that Thomas and the Magic Railroad is canon. Yeah, Tatmar is canon. Oh, <laughs> I have another theory, but before we you know go off on another tangent, yes, please. Okay, so I think that Elizabeth's owner, who had her shut in the way in the shed found out that she'd been taken to, you know, the coupling rod store and back again. And he was so incensed that they stole Elizabeth that he thought he'd drive all the way to Brendan Docks and give Thomas's driver and fireman the peace of his mind. So whilst Elizabeth and Sir Topham are having a touching reunion, Elizabeth's <laughs> present owner yeah. is there having a bit of a blue and a yes. dist up with uh, Thomas's driver and fireman. Absolutely, yes. I, I'm open to that idea if we get to see them have the bit of the dust-up. <laughs> yes. Also, speaking of um, speaking of drivers, I want to talk about Jem Cole. Yes. Yeah. Which this is actually the first time he's been referred to by name since Saved from Scrap. Well, I've got a question. Why mm-hmm. is it here with them? Does this mean he has a brother? <gasps> there is. Because remember, because it says that the fucking controller asked Jem Cole to basically drive Elizabeth. Yet in the background, you see Trevor. Jem Cole is inside Trevor. What's going on And at the same here? time, Jem Cole is in front of Sir Topham. Mm. So, mm. this is a well-known goof of this episode, how there are two Jem Coles. Mm. However, hypothetically, is it possible that Jem Cole may have been a person, but is now the name of a... Company, there are many. Well, companies there's an even more names. simple explanation. And what well, is that, Denner? Go on. It's like when we think about Jim Cole, we think about Trevor. 
and it sparks Thomas's memory. So when he goes to the site where Jim Cole works, he goes, oh yeah, this is where we met Trevor. And thus we're seeing the story through Thomas's perspective. He's imagining Trevor and Jen Cole pass by in the background. Hmm. I, I, I think maybe it's more of like a James Bond type scenario where Jem Cole is just a code name, which is asserted to, you know, different people, no matter who they are. And just we immediately know it's Jem Cole because, so, yeah. So what you're saying yes. is there are Jem Cole clones where they dress exactly the same, talk exactly the same, move exactly the same. Every humanoid figure moves exactly the same on Thomas. It's the model series. They're wooden figures. I find that hard to believe. They barely move at yeah, all. Yeah, I find that hard to believe. Well, I, well, I mean, I mean, some not all. Exactly. The fat controller can move. Their, their the arms are stuck to the side. Well, maybe they should get them unstuck. Maybe they should get surgery. Okay, this conversation is getting much too silly. I think we should just bring it back a bit. Send to my cheese. Send to my cheese. Do what um, we do best. Um, yes. Okay. Um, should we move to ratings? Uh, yeah, I think we've talked about everything we can here. Let's do that. Well, Denim, you start us off. Go on. Six. Six? Okay. Reason? Oh, look, it's a good episode, but um, it, it, it doesn't quite tickle me in all the right places. Ooh. We're, we're, we're a family podcast, guys. Keep in mind, family <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Okay, I, I shall refrain <laughs> from being uh, not PG. Um, oh, do you want my rating? Yes! Oh, okay. Uh, so I was really confused. I was like, hang on. Uh, um, seven. Uh, I, I like it, but it's not... I wouldn't say it was as good as, as A Bad Day for Harold. I'd say it was... It, I think it was kind of what... It was... It was It, it was one that was a bit more laid back. And I'm, I, I like those episodes, but I also... Mm, I don't, I don't know really, but it's definitely a, uh, it's mm. definitely a seven. Radio then, Connor, you're next. What do you think? Well, I, I've finished my breathing exercises, so now I can give my ranking. Excellent. Um, I prefer it over Bad Day for Harold the Helicopter. It, it, it's introducing a new character, which we always like. Not only that, it's a very different character, one that we've never seen before. Uh, we've got a lot more backstory to Sir Topham, and it, it's got brilliant banter and sassy. You're the little puffer. Oh, you're just an old sentinel, Laurie. It has got something very unique, where we start with the accident in the first minute of the episode. Normally in these stories, the accident happens right at the end, so it, it, it's done a fair few good things. I would... I, I w- I'm, I'll give it an 8, but due to the fact that it very much looks like that Elizabeth has driven her way to the docks, it's a 7.5. Okay, then. Uh, well, as for me, I think I enjoy this as much as I did A Bad Day for Harold, so again, I'll give it a 6.5. It's, you know, a pretty straightforward story, really. 
not a lot happens. I mean, Thomas breaks his coupling rods. Elizabeth drives to and from, and then drives to the docks. And yeah, but I like Elizabeth as a character. It's a pity we don't see very much of her over the course of the next few series or so. But um, yeah, it, it, it's it's a solid story. I don't know. There's not there's not more. There's not much more I can add than that. I mean, I, I mean, if, if before before we go on to the on to the next story, it it kind of gives me magazine story vibes. I don't know if anybody else got that, but whenever no. I watched it, it kind of, yeah, it, it it kind of makes me feel like it's 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 like a magazine story adaptation, but shortened down a little bit more. No, yeah, I feel that vibe. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Well. Before indeed we talk about the next story, we're going to have time for our musical interlude. And, you know, I've been relaxing. I've centred my chi, you know, achieved inner peace and enlightenment. I I think it's time for all of us to relax a little and listen to Jamos Trano's Thomas Theme lo-fi version. This is the Round Track Podcast. That was Jamos Trainos with his lo-fi cover of the Thomas the Tank Engine theme, which I think is much needed after everything yeah. we've been through so far. This is, of course, the Right oh. on Track podcast. We uh, do still have our special guest, Aaron, with us. Now, Aaron, we haven't addressed the elephant oh. in the room yet. <laughs> there it is. Oh, no. Get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yes, uh, Aaron, you're not like us. Well, I'm not Australian, um, so, yeah. yeah. Yes, well, yes, tell us, what part of the world are you from? I'm from the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Oh. That's where the Queen comes from. What, what yeah, part... that's where the Queen's from. 
I think she visited Thomas once. She she did actually. Times. Oh, <laughs> she must have had a very good morning. Yes. Um, Aaron, specifically, what part of the UK are you from? Uh, the northwest. The northwest. I thought that might have been a Liverpudlian, Manchestery kind of accent you had going there. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a, it's a Manchester kind of voice. Yeah. Now. You see, what's interesting is that you're going to be able to provide a bit more context for this next episode because we here in Australia, we rarely, if ever, get snow, at least on the main railway lines. And that means rarely fog that needs to be a major concern for railways, which means we don't have a fogman to look after us. That night at the sheds, the fat controller had something special to show the engines. It was very large and strange-looking. What is it? asked Percy. It's a new invention, a railway foghorn, said the fat controller. It warns you when there's fog ahead, like this. That's loud, said Percy. Too loud, huffed James. Sounds like a tugboat to me, grumbled Gordon. Thomas looked worried. What will Cyril do now, he asked. He will be getting a much-needed rest, said the fat controller. Besides, this new foghorn will be more reliable. Poor Cyril, whispered Thomas. He's been scrapped. Poor Cyril has been scrapped. How do you feel about Cyril the Fogman, Aaron? He's a wonderful human being. Poor Cyril is going to be scrapped. Oh no! If if you could meet Silver the Fogman and tell him one thing, what would it be? I'd say why <laughs> did you burn the uh, <laughs> um, that that would be the one thing I'd ask. Uh, I'd say, did you burn that foghorn? Fair. I don't know how much of this is being left in. <laughs> But, for context... All of it. For context. <laughs> oh, no. Cyril is a fogman. He, he, he works on the railway line in Misty Valley. And what happens is he places down fog detonators on the ground for the engines to go over and it makes the axles tingle and he protects them to allow them to slow down in case there's fog. However, sadly, he's being retired, getting a much-needed rest... As yes, and a foghorn is going to replace him. However, the issue with the foghorn is that it may be a bit too loud because when Percy goes by and it's loud and it shakes him, it rattles my dome and it doesn't even make my axles tingle. That I, I, I perfectly paused for you there. Yeah. It causes a massive landslide, apparently, which then crushes the foghorn. And this later causes Thomas to crash into him, and then that causes Toby to nearly crash into Thomas. But Cyril comes and saves the day. Not only Cyril comes, someone we haven't seen in a long time, who doesn't get a vocal recognition. Oh, Terrence. Yes, of Terrence. Oh, yeah. During the cleanup operation, Terrence shows up. Yeah, Terence is there for some reason. I love Terence. He's, he's, he's just vibing there. Well, yeah, we love him. He's great. Well, like, I, I feel, 
Is Misty Valley on Thomas's branch line? Yeah. It's on the Peel Godred, isn't it? Well, according to the map, it's on the Peel Godred. However, this is a two-track line, which is, you know, for branch line, main line, question mark. And we see Thomas, Percy, and Toby. And we see Thomas pulling Annie and Clarabelle, Toby pulling Henrietta, and we see cattle trucks and so on. It, it very much feels to me like a branch line. Yeah. I mean, unless it's... Uh, unless it's, like... I mean... The unless loop? it's, like, a junk... Yeah, unless it's, like, a loop. Unless it's, like, the loop, maybe. So maybe it's a part of, like, that bit. Uh, part of the loop plan that the main line uses. It could be. It would yeah. also explain why Sir Topham showed off the monstrosity that sounds like a tugboat oh. to all the engines that they shared. I hate the foghorn. Sarah was, was, was Sarah is, is, is better. Yes. The, 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 the story, it's... Foghorn <laughs> supremacy. Now, <laughs> Cyril didn't make my axles tingle. <laughs> now, now, Aaron, you mentioned that this is your favourite episode. Oh. oh you adore... Oh. It's like the first episode you really remember. Practically... Yes, it, it honestly. If it wasn't for this episode, I don't think I would be here right now. So, thank you, Mister Jonathan Truman, for writing a, a story that really, you know, it it really got me to. Did it really make your axles tingle? It re- it really did make my axles tingle, and I'm indeed. Ha ha ha. Okay, now now I I I agree. It's a good story. Uh oh. But is it really that good? Yes. Uh, uh, why are you being a sourpuss, yes. Connor? I mean, honestly, you're I, just no, bringing I'm everybody not... down. I... Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! Connor! Someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. No, they've no. had a bad morning. No, a it, very bad morning. It is <laughs> a good episode, but it doesn't seem that filling to me. Okay, so the the titular character, the Fogman, Cyril, the Fogman, he's got two lines. Leave it to me and thank you, sir. Sir Topham Hat has got more lines, and he's just there to show off the foghorn. Well, Connor. I think sometimes the most powerful characters are the ones who say the least. Like Terence. Exactly. And the Fogman. I, no, yes. I, no, I, I, I do understand that importance, but there are just some parts of this episode that, that rub me the wrong way. Like the opening music scene... I adore it. It's some of my favourite music that came out. Do you know what? I was about to say, if you were going to say that that was bad, I was going to start a war. (laughs) Oh, no. Because this is. I was going to say, be quiet, Connor. Yeah, it is the best bit about it. Like the opening visuals of the lighthouse, the mess at the dock. It's the best thing. I agree. It's the best thing about the episode. And and then it, it, it does go downhill a little bit. Not not a lot, but a little bit after the music. That, that that's all I'm saying. We 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 we. I I I'm I'm saying you can punch me in the arm, not in the face. Oh, I happily will. I happily <laughs> okay. will. I'd just like to remind okay. all our listeners, we do will, not because... endorse violence on the Right on Track podcast. No. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Don't don't. Violence yeah. is bad. Violence don't do violence. bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, Con- Connor. Connor, you've forgotten about Percy in this episode. In my opinion, he's a comedic genius. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I love him. He's he's great. Like at the shed bit when he go when he passes the bloody foghorn, it's just 
he he's it's just uh, as a kid I always found it really funny and I still do to this day. I think what we've missed in our discussion so far here is like the essence of the episode, which is the narrative, and I think this narrative is one of the strongest throughout series six. Yes, because what you've got here is this very Audrey esque moral: is that you've got a system that works. Why not just keep it? Why do you need to bring in something new and you know flash bang to replace it when the old system works? Just really well, yeah. adequately. I mean, well, they proved that when the foghorn's so loud that it loosens rock on the mountainside and it crushes itself, which results in there no, being no fog warning, no warning of impending danger or anything like that, and it leads to Thomas's accident. So, yeah. Oh, because something's modern doesn't mean it need, doesn't mean it's going to work and is amazing. Yeah, that's it. And, yeah. you know, we find that theme applied to a lot of um, later stories in the television series. Uh, particularly, what, what's the name of the one where they replaced the loudspeakers at Knapford Station? PA Problems. PA Problems. Oh, PA Problems. That's yeah, a, that's the fifth that's yeah, episode 500. Yeah, so PA Problems, that's another great example of a story that carries this moral as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's great. It, it's, I think... I, I, honestly, I mean this without hyperbole. I reckon it is a story that the Reverend himself would have written and would be proud of. That's a very, that's that's a very. Mm. You know, I I would agree with. It very much does feel like a story with a message the Reverend may have written. He may not have attributed it to a foghorn. <laughs> that's true. Yes. I, I I feel he would have picked something like an electric engine, maybe like a bit more oh, realistic, yes, possibly. Some, yeah. Uh, uh, but but I I definitely do see where you're coming from there. Yeah. The slight qualm though, mm. I, I've got many. But Cyril's been scrapped. He's been fired. Mm-hmm. He's been working Misty Valley Line for a while. All of a sudden, Sir Topham's like, ah, I'll get a brand new Falcon. He obviously hasn't done his research. If he did, he would have realised that the cliffside is too unstable for such a loud, heavy industrial machine. Mm. I'm fairly sure that foghorn's supposed to be used on the dock side, if anything. Yes. And so, Topham, it, it, this is a story where none of the main characters are to blame. Correct. For what happens. In fact, even Sir mm. Topham technically doesn't get the blame. If anything, the foghorn gets the blame, except it's a piece of machinery. Yeah, but he's mm. the controller. He's the controller. He can well, get away yeah. with it. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. And and here we see, once again, the controller of the island removing the needless jobs that are needed by the people of the island, such as the Fogman. And poor Cyril is there. He's needing to sabotage the machinery in order to keep his job so that he can keep feeding his... I, I, I think he's got a dog? Probably. No. Yeah. Seven children. More children than Dominic Perrottet. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got seven kids, ten grandchildren. To, to be fair, and uh, th- this isn't the only time we see Cyril. Uh, he, he's mentioned by he's seen a few more times, and he's later mentioned by name in a uh, season twenty-two, Samson the Fireworks. No, not just mentioned. He appears. He he appears, except with a much different CGI look. Um. Well, he looks the same. He 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 acts menacingly. 
I cried. Uh, I cried. I'll, I'll... <laughs> we'll go into that later. Uh, far, far later. But years when we're older, fatter, and possibly have children. <laughs> Fat, I'm, I'll, I'll let, I'm losing weight, man. We're all in Thank elderly homes. Back in my day, okay. we had series five, and I... David Bitter was still around. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not a secret. I've got, I've got lots of good and bad things to say about the episode. I love the transition when Thomas is being rescued. Love the opening music. I'm, I feel like writing could have been done better. I feel like the moral is good, but it's been slightly askewed by the tributation of the foghorn. It's, it sits in a weird place for me, guys. It's much like Bad Day for Harold the Helicopter. There are good parts, there are bad parts. I'm, 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 I'm hoping there's more good than bad, Connor. Uh, well, 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 you just have to be con- convincing me with your scores. Okay, alright. Parry, why don't you start us off? Um... Uh, okay, Connor, thank you very much. I will do that. And um, also, well done for Denon, <laughs> to Denon for making a sly reference to the new Premier of New South Wales. I'm so proud of you, Thank Denon. you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I, I, I'm sure there are lots of our listeners furiously typing on Google now, who is Dominic Perrottet? If you're in New South Wales, you know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know. You know, you know. Uh, but anyway, back onto the scores. Honestly, I love this. As I said, I think it's one of the best stories in the entire series six. Um, very much got an Audrey-esque quality to it. I love the music. I love the comedy. You know, Percy's just in top form here. I agree with what Aaron said there. Um, yeah, yeah, I think maybe it could use a rewrite or two, but, uh, overall, great episode. Nine out of ten. I'm very happy with that rating. Okay then, Denim? No, I want you to go first, Connor. No, no, please. please. Because I I, 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 I feel like... I've noticed a pattern with you, Connor. (laughs) We will say a rating and you will go, actually, I'm going to change my mind. I want you to make your own decision. Yeah, come on, Connor. Come on, come on. No, 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 no. (laughs) I change my mind once I've given a score... And then you guys convince me afterwards as you explain your scores. The floor's yours. I don't want to be hurt. (laughs) So I'm going to... I'm hoping that you guys can convince me otherwise. So, Denim, please give your score for my sake. No, no. Yeah. uh, Ladies first. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fine. Fine. After this, I'll throw in my resignation. Um, I'm I I I'm I'm not going to explain it like I can, but I feel like I'll just be talking stories if I story in circles if I do. It's a good episode. I can see why people like it. It just doesn't hit the right spot for me. It's a five. Oh, oh. we're not, we're no longer for after this podcast. We're gonna have a. Very civil conversation. Oh, no. <laughs> I hate civil conversations. They often turn out to be very uncivil. Well, Connor. <laughs> well, the... um, I, I, oh, I, I have to say oh, that this episode's fun. great. I think thematically and story-wise, it does a lot of beautiful things. There's a lot of really nice story beats. I think the pacing is wonderful. The character is on point. 
and there's some great comedic tones there as well. It's a nine out of ten from me. Well, that just leaves Aaron. Um, I, th- I think I think we already know what the score is, but um, yeah, yeah, your, your reasoning. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a ten mm. out of ten. Not for nostalgia, and I never usually give things a ten out of ten, but it's just for me the visuals in this are probably the best the show was for a long time, mm. in my opinion. The music is amazing. Misty Valley is one of my favourite locations. And I really wish it got used more within the show. Percy, literal comedic genius. Like, the tension. Where is Percy funny? There's so much about it. He's lines of dialogue. In the shed bit. What? Yeah, when he talks. That's And then when the foghorn goes off. No! Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that bit, but like, and then there's the bit afterwards when the horn does go off, and then and then he's complaining, and it's just it, it's funny, okay? Right, okay. I, I will say, Connor, funny part. Connor, US Connor. dub. Instead of going, oh bother, that foghorn is so loud it rattles my dome. He says, oh jeepers. Yeah, that, I've that, heard that, that. I saw that. Um... Stop <laughs> ruining this episode for me, Connor. I'm leaving all this in. I'll I'll let you finish speaking. Though I do have something else to say. Um, but honestly, it's just it's one of my it's one of my favorites, and it will forever be a story that if someone said to me, "Show me an episode of Thomas," that would be the first episode I'd show them because it really brings you into the world of Sodor, and it's just it's a wonderful little story. At the end of the I... day, we're all entitled to our own thoughts, but also we know who is wrong as well. So that's the main mm-hmm. thing. Oh, okay, okay. I will say, and, and Denim, you said this would happen. I'd like to change my score. No. No, 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 no. There's a twist. There's a twist because you guys have mentioned a few things and I'm going it down to a four. Oh. Because... You mentioned, okay, you mentioned the pacing. It's got like 10 seconds of just a foghorn noise. That is horrible. Yeah, that's the whole point. Okay. It's meant to be horrible. <laughs> okay, that is horrible. Yeah, but, it, no, but it's okay. meant to be. And, and like, I mean, it's snow. It's not snow. It's grey. It's grey. It's flat lighting everywhere. I can understand that in a winter context, but they've shown winter and rain before, and it's never looked so flat and bland and dull before. Misty Valley can be beautiful if you turn up the saturation, but it's cliffs and rock. Okay? I'm just... I'm... <laughs> Connor, you know what? Sob the civil conversation. We're gonna have an argument after this has ended. <laughs> okay. But I'm telling you, you guys did manage to convince and change my score, and you made it go down. Yeah, but... <laughs> okay, I can see why people... It's, it's okay, Aaron. Episode. We know that but he's it's... in the mi- minority, so he doesn't matter. Okay, I feel... I now feel a lot... I now feel a lot better now. I now feel a lot better knowing he's in the minority and we're in the majority. But seeing your guys' passion for it, it makes me hate it more. You are the devil, child. (laughs) (laughs) God, the laughter did not help. And I'm afraid that brings us to a wonderful, charming end to episode 44 of the (laughs) Ryan podcast. (laughs) 
I wouldn't call it charming. It just made me angry. That's... That's loud. No, you can't say that. It's not funny. It's not funny, Connor. You can't say that. Okay. Um, I, I think... Well, I'm getting flashbacks to the time that Connor and I were arguing and we had to bring Bo in to intervene, but... Um, we ne- did, we did. Ne- never mind that. Um, so, Aaron, hopefully to get the two of you back on side with each other, um, are, are there any other favourite stories or episodes of the show that you know we've covered previously that you like? Or I really, really like Thomas Percy and the Post Train. Um, that's... Some of my favourites. Uh, I don't mind Fish. Fish is a good story. Series 4. No. Um, <laughs> uh, Connor, shut up. You hate the Fogman. I'm not listening to you. Um, I also... Oh, God. I'm trying to... I can't think of episodes from the top of my head. I'm trying to... Oh! Um, it's Top and Hat's Holiday. I like that one. I like the human. Oh, we, we all love that. I like, so there I we like are. The, yeah. Oh my god, Connor, yeah. we agree on something for once. Um, put put upon Percy. Yeah, I like that one. But I like the flying more, kipper. I like, no, I don't like the flying kipper. I like the more human based sort of episodes within season five. So like, um, you heard it here first. Mm. Uh, Tram Engine Studios Aaron is in the minority when he says he doesn't like the flying kipper. You don't like the fuck, Mister. Shut up. So. <laughs> <clears throat> Before this devolves any further, Parry, what are the next three episodes that we're going to be reviewing? Okay, so on the next episode of the Right on Track podcast, it'll just be the three of us. We will be discussing Jack Jumps In, A Friend in Need, and It's Only Snow. But I think what we've gathered from the conversation that we've had today is that you know, sometimes we can disagree on things, but we all have one thing that unites us, and that is our love of Thomas the Tank Engine. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Now, Aaron, is there anything that you would like to promote before you quickly go? Because I'm aware you've got a Halloween special coming up. Oh, yes, I have. Um, I have a short film coming out on the 31st of October, and it's called The Ghost of Hackenbeck. Um, it's something I've been working on for the past, I'd say, month, and I'm super, super excited for everybody to see it. Um, I've worked really hard on it, and I want it to be my best thing ever. And Denim has seen a couple bits of it here and there, and you know, it's it's great. It's honestly, it's a real treat. It's going to be something alongside, you know, many other Halloween things that will probably come up within the fandom. But I really want, I, I really want people to see this one. Because it's it's such a charming yet spooky little story. Uh, if you want a little preview, a teaser trailer has hopped up on his YouTube channel, uh, Tram Engine Studios. You also have a Twitter, don't you? Yeah, uh, my Twitter is at uh, Tram Alt. The reason why it says Alt is because I decided to lock my Twitter account on my 18th birthday. Um, so that wasn't fun. Um, and, so, and, and now you've got an alt. And now I have an alt, which somehow has yeah. more followers. And I'm like, why are more people following me? I don't know why. I'm really scared. Hello, this is the because police. Because people like your content. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And if you'd like to follow us on our socials, you can follow us on our Instagram at TTTE underscore right on track. 
the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash right on track Thomas podcast. And you can follow us on our Twitter at OnTrackThomas. In the meanwhile, we'll see you next time. But I'm still Connor. I'm still Parry. I'm still Denim. And I'm Aaron. And this has been the Right On Track Podcast. Thanks for hanging around, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Adios. Adios.